Welcome to the Vet Church Podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hey, Vet Church, how y'all doing? So, uh, I hope y'all can hear us and everything. I'm with Matt French, Cafe Bienville, Niceville, Florida, right outside of Eglin Air Force Base. Is that loud enough? Should we move the, can you move it closer? I feel like I'm yelling a little bit. Um, but I'm at the end of this, uh, whew, what do you call it, pneumonia stuff. So Matt is, um, has graciously went ahead and become the first vet church interview on the way back from my pneumonia. Uh, um, I don't know what to say about that, but I'm, I'm doing much better. The thing in my lung is gone after the CT scan. I appreciate y'all's prayers on that. So what we're doing here, as you see, we've got a, uh, started a vet church podcast thing, and uh, this is going to be the first podcast also. Oh, and wow. now, you know, we're talking about vet church. Matt, Matt was there when I was all drugged up. Matt's been feeding my family for well, several years. Seven, yeah. I mean, seven years. My now? mom introduced me to you. Yeah. And back when she had cancer and everything, and I was still in the military, and she would right. come into your store and eat. And um, now you're at a new location. You're right on. Is this John Sims Parkway? John Sims Parkway, right? Right on John Sims Parkway, across from the high school in Niceville, Florida. Um, across from the little Sears Cafe Liquid and all that, it's a. Uh, I would say, Matt, your restaurant is the number one place I would eat in Northwest Florida. I well, love thank it. you. I mean, um, your BLTs are incredible. It, plus, I mean, what's the, the duck thing you made? Duck confit. Duck confit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're gonna do a vet church interview. This thing should be on podcast. Give me 48 hours to, to work it out. As you can see we're all mic'd up. I got the little mic, got my Zoom going. And um, just wanna, we're gonna hit out, hit the country. Our RV is being built. We should have it next week. Kate and I will be on the road full time. Check out the new Vet Church hat. Y'all can get some of those down at the Eagle's Nest with the t-shirts. Um, enough of that stuff, but while we're talking okay. about wearing gear, What's this shirt you're wearing? Uh, this is uh, Cafe American. A uh, friend of mine in Baton Rouge, uh, Brian Blackledge. So if uh, anybody in Baton Rouge knows Brian, point him in the direction of this uh, this stream here or this podcast. Um, but he was a, a good supporter of mine uh, in Baton Rouge when I left the corporate world. Uh, I worked for him for a while. Uh, did a lot of things in his restaurant. Um, Great friend, great person, um, great family. Uh, uh, I don't know if any of you guys are in Louisiana right now, but that's a place where you're always with family. Um, oh, yeah, it's true. You know, you, you walk into a place and, and they embrace you. Uh, you could be playing for the opposing team, and while the game's going on, they hate you. But afterwards, the tailgate is open and uh, <laughs> and the food is, the food flows and the wine flows and the beer flows and uh, and, and all is forgotten and you know somebody's going to rub it in but uh, but your family again and uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a great place, and, and Brian was a, a great example of that. Uh, you know, like I said, when I left the corporate world, and uh, uh, his restaurant is Cafe American. He just opened a, a new one uh, outside of Baton Rouge in Denham Springs. And uh, so, did you study under him? I studied a little bit. Because I mean, you study food. I do. You're not just somebody that throws together. You're not like me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm fortunate to just eat. But coming to your restaurant, it's always like I'm, I'm running into works of art. Now, we, we're sitting around some art because, you, uh-huh. you know, you, you're always helping people sell their art and everything else. But every time I've had a plate of your food, it's, it's a work of art. Thank you. You've studied. You've threw something in there, a little creativity, a little flair, a little... Yeah. What we, what we wanted to do from the beginning is, is not do fast food. We want to do real food fast uh, so everything we do we um, we prepare it in advance with the idea of when somebody orders it we can put it together quickly but it's going to taste like it took a long time to cook and a lot of it takes a long time to cook yeah know? I mean those beignets I had they yeah, were no joke incredible the, they didn't it, just happen right yeah it's, it's a you know it's 20 minutes to make the batter and an hour to proof it and then it's got to cool off before you can roll it out and so you're you know, you're four hours into it before you can even start cooking How one. How much were three of those things again? Two thirty-nine, including <laughs> tax. <laughs> those things are this big, folks, and I felt like there was a heaping mound of this white powdered sugar on them. That's well, that's before your military discount. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you know, um, speaking of the military, we're on vet church, and you had said to me, "I'm not a veteran. Why would I be on vet church?" And I said yeah. to you. It's exactly why you should be on Vet Church. You're the son of a vet. Your your right. dad is a veteran. My dad's a veteran, yeah. We're going to talk about that. You support a huge community of people working on Eglin Air Force Base, the EOD, 7th Group, yeah. Duke Field. I mean, you've been feeding the military and, and helping us to remember that there are good things in life for many, many years. Um, and, yeah. it, and it blew me away. Like I appreciate that. My parents they ate here, and you know my dad's a veteran, and you've taken care of hundreds of other veterans, and I and I love that about you. I love it, you know that little um, I don't have one, but the first sticker I made up had retired Army Chaplain on the bottom. It had the word hope on the side. Uh-huh. And I always felt like our children. In yeah, the com- community, it's right there. Oh, it is too. Check it out. Uh, the, got my the sticker be, up on the side. The be silly, be honest, be kind sign, and your sticker's right next <laughs> right to it. Right at the bottom. Right at the bottom of it. Oh, that's awesome. And um, but you are. You're the hope. You're the reason. You know, people talk about like we go to war for God and country. Well, I think most of us joined the military because we needed so- something to do with our lives that felt right. Uh-huh. And part of that right feeling is thinking that our children's children will live in a, in a place that's free. And you're part of that. Like you're, I mean, you told me some crazy stories about your dad. Yeah, I mean, he was a, uh, as far as I know, he never fired a shot in anger, uh, but he was in the military during the Cold War, which was some pretty tense times. Um, we found a, uh, uh, going through his old flight suit, and in the, the leg pocket, we found an eye patch. The eye patch? The eye patch was in case they went into a nuclear area, a uh, nuclear war, 
they would put the eye patch on and if if a bomb went off and they were blinded in the other eye they could move the eye patch over and finish their mission which you know to, to think about somebody who could very calmly fly a plane and put that eye patch on knowing what it meant they were that's, dead that's what it meant yeah that's it, uh there's a, there's a lot of courage in, in guys that did that and you know and, and he, he would not he's not the kind of guy to talk about this stuff um, I don't know how he'd feel about me saying this um, but uh, but those guys um, they're very courageous yeah the, the the thought of what they might have to do uh, at any given time you know the the Soviet Union was alive and well at the time uh, there was a lot of tension in the world and and they very calmly just put that eye patch in their flight suit and uh, uh, that, that that story has stuck with me over many years what what did it do to you did it give you courage did it um yeah you know it, it's it's one of those things where you, you think about you think about somebody that could do that that could that could put that in their pocket knowing what it was for if they could do that, then I can do anything. You know, I can do, I can do something. Well, you have. It, it, it might be hard, but is it as hard as putting on an eye patch in the middle of a flight, or thinking about switching eyes at some point? Um, you know, nothing I've done compares to that, um, and nothing I've done compares to what a lot of the guys that are watching this or listening to this. Uh, have seen or have been through or have uh, had to deal with but uh, but to, to know that there are men and women out there who face obstacles like that um, you know getting uh, getting paint on the walls by Thursday really doesn't seem that hard when uh, when you put it in perspective and uh, it's certainly uh, and, and you're right people are doing things of great sacrifice intentionally yeah it's it's not like it's not like well if they you know if it comes down to it i might die the goal is that we get the mission done and if it takes your life that's so be it that's part of it yeah. and most people when they raise their hand the first time don't realize that by the time they raise their hand the second the third the fourth the fifth time they've re they really know it in fact yeah. within a couple of weeks of raising their hand the first time they know it too and it's and it, it amazes me that people stay in the military for years yeah they keep doing it like your dad retired right yeah he was in for 20 I don't know the math, 26 27 years wow yeah my dad did 29 and yeah. it, it blows me away that you know like you said he, he never fired in in actual combat it doesn't matter i'm right. glad he did it i'm I mean, glad he did too yeah in, in so many levels the fewer of us who ever go to a, a zone of combat, the better. Right. I mean, that's you know that's one of the great hopes in the whole idea of America's fighting forces and is that, that we don't go to combat. Right. And that was the 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 goal that they always talked about was, you know, we train, hoping that we never have to use our training. That's right. Yeah. You know, and that's, um, well, you know, and and and. A lot of men in that generation. He's actually Vietnam generation. He he 
was reassigned last minute, so he never actually went to Vietnam. But uh, um, you know, his contemporaries, you know, he's, he's of that age, um, fortunate that he didn't have to go. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of men who served in that time period who, uh, you know, like him, it was, you know, like I said, Cold War. Oh, yeah. They didn't have to do it, but, but they trained knowing that at any minute it could be... Well, and, he, and it's life-changing. Like yeah. We've got members right here in Vet Church who, who did one tour. Yeah. Did half a tour and got hurt. And it changed their life forever. Forever, yeah. Like, it's not a small thing. And, you know, and, and the perspective is, like, it did give you courage. I mean, you're, you're a restauranteur, I think. Restauranteur, yeah. It's like the number one failing business in America, and you've made it so many years. Yeah. And you work hard, and you make your own ingredients, and you do, you do all this stuff behind the scenes that most people never talk about. Like the other day, you shared with me a tea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you went out to the on your property where there's no spraying and no, they no don't chemicals, no chemicals because yeah. there's lots of bees up there. Right. And you harvested leaves, and then made this tea out of right. holly, which is the only American, full-blooded American, caffeinated plant. Plant, and Which I think is awesome. I would love to see like Black Rifle Coffee or something hook up with you. Oh yeah, all I've seen those guys. Yeah. All-American group. I just, that just hit me right now. Like I, I love you guys in Black Rifle Coffee because it's us. It's part of the tribe. Yeah. Caring for, and working. It's like you said, you can't you know, it's like there's there's always an opportunity to just say, well, I've done enough. I'm not going to do anymore. I'm giving up. And you haven't done that. Your dad didn't want you to do that. Right. The other veterans who come in here, look how many people you've served. Hundreds and hundreds of active duty people. Um, you've served hundreds of veterans. You've you've done a beautiful yeah. job with this restaurant. I, I love it. I mean, that's that. If y'all look at my personal page, you'll see that I posted a sandwich, which be my last meal if I ever got incarcerated. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, it's a bacon that was egg. a BLT with egg on it, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it was great. Oh, <laughs> so, so so if you ask for a belt, we'll know what you mean. <laughs> a belt. It's awesome. Yeah. I, that, I I was just blown away. Like at first, I thought, well, it has to have milk on it, being lactose intolerant. I'm always like, well, if it tastes really good, maybe I shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> but it, it's not. It's great. And I, you know, there's so much to talk about in regards to what what the community gets from giving. Right. Like. You know, when you talk about your dad's service and thinking about the eye patch, and you told me that story before, and there's probably some other stories that, yeah, are, are there that underlie every time it feels like, like right now you're dealing with this whole air conditioning thing in your place, and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, but there's perspective. You've got oh, a yeah. plan. You're gonna work the plan, and. And you know we were, we were talking about this, and it's it's cool because like I see you figuring things out, and that's you know in the military they taught us that, and your dad oh, probably yeah. taught you some of that. Like you think about second and third and fourth yeah. order effects, you think about how to keep moving forward, how to keep living life, and and you have a goal, and you go to achieve it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy. No. I mean, but giving is always rewarding. True. Tell me how many different groups have, because have, you, you have a group room, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do you lose, like, uh, lions? What, what all, how many people um, come in here? Let's see. In this location, we just moved to this location about a month ago. Um, so I'll, I'll list off what's happened uh, in the old location. The Exchange Club of Niceville Valparaiso meets twice a month. I've had the Knights of Columbus. Um, we've had multiple, I'd say uh, more than all the fingers and toes, hail and farewells held in that back room. Uh, Niceville Business Exchange is a networking group that meets every week in there. Uh, we had an art group uh, that used to meet in the, in the room and they would hire a model to come in and they would practice their craft in there. We've had uh, um, poetry readings. We've had, uh, um, what else have we had back there? Uh, as far as charitable, the uh, latest sodality from the uh, uh, Holy Name Catholic Church here in town. They, uh, uh, they've had their annual breakfast there. We've had the latest sodality from Christ our Redeemer meet, uh, have their breakfast in the room. Uh, and you, it, we, we've had multiple Eagle Scout border reviews uh, in that room, and I plan, I've, I've got at least three more lined up that'll be held in this room. So, you know, there's a. Well, there'll probably be hundreds a, before us. <laughs> there's, there's a lot that goes on in that room. Uh, what about all the games and stuff? Like, there's always... Oh, yeah, yeah. Ever yeah. since I've came in 80 your place, there's a cupboard full of games. Yep. There's always kids around. It's it's not just family-friendly. It's family... You know, there's this difference between yeah, family-friendly and, and pro-family. Yeah. I've always felt like you promoted the family. Like, your oh, kids yeah. are always in here. My, yeah, our kids have been here from the beginning. We homeschooled them for a while. Um, you know, they've, they've gone to school and come back and come back to homeschooling and, and they're here and they help out. They work. I they mean, work, like, yeah. And, the, and and their friends are working. I mean, like the people that oh, cleaned yeah. up today were just like when I was a teenager and I'm looking for a job and like, good lands are doing just as good a job as yeah anybody. I mean, it's and they are the sons and daughters of veterans and of veterans, veterans yeah. and, and, and it's this huge idea that work ethic is real. Yep. And and then in playing's important too because you got all the games back there. Yeah. <laughs> now they're they are hidden. If if any of you come in, they, they used to be just on a table by the front door. They're in a big cabinet uh, off to the right. Is that an so armoire? It is. An armoire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> armoire. Or there was another. I forget what the other word was that someone used, and I was very impressed. A, a shrunk? Shrunk? No, it wasn't, it wasn't shrunk. Uh, it was, it was also French. It had multiple syllables, <laughs> and I don't remember what it was. But uh, uh, I was, I, I just called it an armoire. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's full of games, and, and everybody's welcome to to play the games. Um, you said pro family. You know, we don't we don't have waiters and waitresses, so there's no waitress that's going to trip over your kids if they want to lay on the floor. Um, you know, the, and the floors are clean. The floors are clean, yeah. Uh, the customers might trip over your kids, but 
I'd say eight times out of ten, the customers are playing with your kid. You know, they're they're, they're interacting with your kids because, you know, we're not too stuffy about, uh, you know, put them in the high chair and make them sit here and uh, uh, don't let them it be a disturbance. It really has a European, you know, like Kate and I lived for two years in Germany. Uh-huh. Our first unit, big red one, four three ADA, be all out there. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> um, of course, at the time, I don't know if I'd have said all that. But yeah. <laughs> looking back now, what a fond memory. Oh. Yeah. But they're in Germany, Kissing in Germany, would come into these these restaurants and you could sit for hours and eat uh-huh. and talk. And and they brought out the food as it was made. So it was hot. Like if if Kate and I ordered something different, this has happened here. Like he brought out my sandwich and the hearse came a minute later. It's like eat, eat while it's hot. Mm-hmm. Like the emphasis is on good quality food and taking your time and relaxing and I felt like sure. from the very first time I ate at your place what, what my mom wanted me to meet her down there it was on the place on the water right. and um, it it blew me away that the European feel that you were somehow able in a society that's like move get go go right you you absolutely did away with that and yeah slowed things down and the food is incredible thank you and speaking of the food and being family profound friendly you do serve beer you serve coke you serve teas hot teas cold teas you've got what are those things with the i know they're sugary they're uh uh, coffee syrups flavors for uh espresso drinks Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. people do stuff like that. Yeah, I hazelnut latte, <laughs> or for the sodas. Gelato. Oh, we have gelato. Right. Yeah, I made. Uh, uh, how many batches of gelato did I make today? Six. Wow. Six batches of gelato today. That's that's incredible. Yeah. So so, uh, what's that coffee I always drink? Oh, it's the nitro. Cold. Yeah. I, I've never made it past them, you know, like drink sweet tea, nitro coffee when I'm here. Yep. I, it's got bubbles in it. Tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> Channeling Don Ho here. Uh, right. Uh, it's a, uh, infused with nitrogen, kind of like a draft Guinness would be. Um, well, it might be why I like it so much. So, but, and, and it actually, uh, I have a video out there on YouTube. And you, I, watched it. I hold up the two glasses. There's a glass of Guinness and a glass of nitro coffee, and they look the same on yeah. camera. Uh, and I actually forgot which was which, so I, I had to take a sip. I was like, okay, this is the Guinness here. Uh, they really taste. It's that it's, is the best coffee. It's I've ever so had. smooth because the those little nitrogen bubbles, you know, CO two. First of all, it turns into acid in, a, in liquid, turns into carbonic acid, which gives it that crisp taste to it. Uh, but you don't want that in coffee. You want it to smooth out. You, you cold brew coffee so it has less acid. So you don't want to put carbonation in to give it more acid. So the nitrogen gives you just the pure coffee flavor and a little bit of bubbles to it. So it makes it kind of creamy. But it's just cold brewed tap coffee with it tiny bubbles so in it. It is so good. It, uh, like, and, then, and then you make this other drink. Now, Vet Church just did its first big Vet Church event where we go to the National Cathedral uh-huh. in D.C. And while I was there, I stayed at um, a, a certain commander's house. And uh, and she was just this incredible person and huge supporter of that church. And she says to me, let's go get this come 
kombucha or what would she say? Kombucha. Kombucha. So we went down to the local store and we got some of this stuff. <laughs> Buddy. It <laughs> Yeah. It, it it had a little kick to it. And um and then Kate said to me, Matt, that's the stuff that Matt French makes at Cafe Bienville. Uh-huh. And I said, the stuff at Cafe Bienville tastes a lot better. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it didn't it wasn't as bitter. What is that? What are you doing there? It's a kombucha is fermented tea. Um, and it's done with a, a combination of, uh, of yeast and bacteria, a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. You're a bit of a scientist, aren't you? It's, uh, yeah, food, well, food is science. It's uh, chemistry and thermodynamics. Um, <laughs> so tell us about this stuff. <laughs> so this stuff is, and, and apparently biology, but uh, uh, it's, like I said, fermented tea. Uh, so it's a, you have to put some sugar in it for the, the critters to eat. And then it, uh, it converts mostly to a, a vinegar type substance. So a kombucha has a uh, kind of a strong apple cider vinegar taste to it, in addition to whatever else you put in it. So currently I made a, uh, on tap right now, I've got hibiscus kombucha. And this is caffeine free. It's a bright red color uh, and very tart. It has kind of the sweetness, almost like a dried cranberry sweetness to it. Um, and I'm finishing up uh, tomorrow. Uh, I've got to halt the fermentation on a batch of uh, uh, turmeric kombucha. Turmeric. So I've got this Isn't is that a the yellowish stuff. Yes. I thought uh, that was like for like you used to give me that. You put it on the chicken, so mm -hmm. it's really good for your health. It is very good for your health. Yeah, and it's uh, turmeric is the the main spice in this. Uh, I put several spices in this. Uh, in this tea uh, to give it this flavor. So there's turmeric and fenugreek and ginger and cayenne and cinnamon. So it, it's a lot of uh, uh, spices that that are uh, healthy for you. Uh, I don't know what the quantity you're gonna get out of it, but uh, I think it tastes really good. It's uh, certainly my favorite of the flavors that I've made. Uh, and I'm kind of rotating back and forth between the, the turmeric. How many flavors of this have you made? Uh, I've made six or eight different flavors. The The ones that sell the best are the hibiscus and the turmeric. Uh, in the winter time, I made an apple cider uh, with, uh, I took some fresh apples and pureed them, some honey and then uh, a different spice blend uh, and let that ferment away. And it, it was a nice, uh, almost like a, a mulled apple cider taste to it. Yeah. With that apple cider vinegar underneath. So it was, uh, uh, that was kind of fun. That's it. It's fun playing with this stuff. I'd like to do that with the uh, the yapan tea that you were talking about earlier. Let's let's talk about that. So okay, w when I had the when I had the lawn service, because y'all those of y'all who know me, before I became a chaplain, I was a chaplain's assistant. Then I was a chaplain candidate. And then I became a chaplain in the military and got hurt in Afghanistan and Iraq. Came back, got drugged up, took a lot of pills, all legal. But it took away my life. I got off of that, and then here we are doing vet church, and I'm playing music and stuff like that. But before any of that started, I had a lawn business right here in Niceville, Florida, mm -hmm. um, cutting grass, picking up people's dogs, pooping their yard, pulling weeds, trimming hedges. And yep. I got to the place where I just trimmed hedges and palm trees. And in the world of trimming hedges, there are these things called... Yopping hollies. Yopping hollies. And they make... They grow quick, which is good, and you can 
form them. Now, the weird thing about the Alpen is it's got a little sticker to it, right? It's the... Yeah, they're, they're very pointy. It'll stick you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we, we trim these suckers, and you have to do something with it. And up where you live, there's a lot of bees here in northwest Florida right. that are not being sprayed yeah, purposefully. Several, uh, I guess you'd call them honey farms or bee farms or beekeepers up in the, uh, in the north of and so Oklahoma and Walton County. And so they don't blanket yeah. spray all right. that area. That's where, and you have a lot of property up there, and you have these Yelpin hollies, hollies are all over the property. And so you trimmed them, mm -hmm. hedge trimmers. You now explain the whole thing from the truck, well, the whole. I I I don't actually trim them because there's too many of them. There, oh. It's <laughs> it's it's like a forest of Yelpin holly. Okay. It's uh, um, it, it's they're everywhere. Um. And so what did I, I learned about Yalpin holly, um, a couple of different places, but it was a, a plant that the, the native people here used to make into a tea. They'd dry the leaves and uh, uh, they'd crush them up and they'd pour water on it and it would uh, extract the, the flavor of it and they would drink it. And uh, it has caffeine in it naturally. Um, like you said, you said the, the only. The only plant native to North America that is caffeinated. I don't know if that's true or not. I just, I read that recently, like a week ago. Um, but it got me thinking. I said, well, that's like regular tea. And I've got lots of it. I it, mean, fields of it. I loved it. And it's just, it's just there. And, and I don't use, I mean, it's unmanageable at my place. So I, I don't spray it or, or anything. And they, they don't spray for mosquitoes up there. So I thought, well, I'm going to give it a shot. So I took out some hand clippers and I just clipped several branches kind of cleared it away from the driveway so that I w it wasn't hitting the cars anymore <laughs> and threw it in the bed of the truck and it was about a half a truck bed full of these branches because they don't compress they're just piled up there yeah because they're, they're a hard leaf they're hard leaf and they're hard uh, uh, branches they're kind of flexible but they you know you got to push on them to make them bend you, you don't want to fall into a yoke on no no you don't um, so I brought them down here, and uh, at the end of the day, I, I took them out of the truck bed, and I and I picked all the leaves off, and I got all the berries out. The berry you don't want to eat the berries. Um, berry, you know, don't don't eat holly berries. Um, please do not eat holly berries. Um, <laughs> they are poisonous. They are poisonous. Yes, they will make you sick. Um, you know, if you eat enough of them, they'll probably kill you. But uh, um, the the leaves, and and this was kind of an experiment for me. Um, so well, let's let's see what happens here. And I picked the leaves off, and that half a truck bed full didn't even make a whole batch of tea. <laughs> it's a lot of leaves. <laughs> how long? I think you told how many hours you said you were sitting there like. It took me. Uh, it took me forty-five minutes <laughs> to get three ounces of leaves, and it takes four ounces to make a batch of tea. So I, I had to do some quick math and figure out how to. I had this much and I got this much liquid out of it and I add this much water um, I got to make something that tastes like iced tea and uh, um, you know I, I picked the leaves off and I let them dry in the cooler overnight and I put them in a really slow oven to kind of get them uh, all the way dry and they turned brown I said well it looks like tea leaves and I threw them in the blender and I made tea out of it and it was kind of a greenish brown and um, I poured, you know, poured a glass and said, "Okay, I'm the experiment here." 
So I'm drinking this. Everybody know if I get sick, this is probably why. And I drank it, and I felt fine. And it was actually quite tasty, I thought. I thought um, it was, too. Well, you liked yours hot. Well, I thought it, you know, when you had it cold, it wasn't as bitter. Yeah. But I'm the guy that, like, I don't put sugar in my coffee. Right. None of that. That's why I don't know you what like the bitter. sweet bottles are yeah. for up there. I like something with a little bit of kick, and it had it. Right. And it was good. And I mean, like, remember I told you, like, the sweet potato chips you make? Uh-huh. Make sweet potato chips. And you make all those, right? Right. They're yeah, incredible. Slice them in the I back. I felt like it was the perfect flavors popping in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and this isn't for sale. You haven't you haven't done all. You're not. No, like there's still some. There. Yeah. You're just. We're just talking about. We're talking about you taking the courage to look around where you're at and do something a little different. Right. That's really what we're talking and, about. And and it's I, I think it pays respect to the people that lived here. Yeah, the, the the American Indians who, who lived in this area uh, for millennia and you know we we look at this and we it's a beautiful hedge and sometimes it's a weed and and we just want to get rid of it but this was a this was a beneficial plant that uh, that you know give you a little bit of a kick yeah. in in Northwest Florida where the humidity outside I, like you know, mm-hmm. 95 100 incredible i mean you know i went i went to afghanistan and iraq and it was hot over there and it's hot here in fact it's so hot here that the rangers train right up the road this is a swamp phase of the <laughs> ranger school i mean it's a no joke place now it's it's not as hot as some of the places i've been in the world but to find something that naturally grows here yeah and it, and it's weird to me that nobody Oh, the whole time I trimmed thousands of them bushes, I cut a bunch down, threw them away. I mean, because yeah. they will—they're sticky, you know. Like, you don't want your kids running into one of them. But that key was incredible. Yeah. I mean, it took some—it takes a little bit of courage to do that, and then to share it because you shared it with your wife and your kids, and you yeah. know, like the the experiment goes from the family it's to okay, the yeah. friends. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> now that I—I'm good now. So, you know, an hour later, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sick, so if if you guys want to try this, you can try this. And and my family tried it, and uh, uh, and then my friends came in, and I said, "Oh, you got to try this stuff. It's you know, it's not sweet tea, but uh, you know, we played around with it, and you came back. So I guess it didn't make you sick. No, I I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things Vet Church is about, it's the idea that if you're watching this, you're not dead. And if you're not dead, you ought to be doing something with your life. Right. Live somehow. Don't just stay home with the shutters closed. We have too much value in what each one of us are worth. Our stories are sacred. Yeah. And, and sometimes it does. It takes a little courage to live outside the box. Because what you just told me was totally outside yeah. the box. Well, well kind of want to, I'll, I'll play off of that a little bit you know god didn't give us the experiences that we have for us to hide away correct even the you bad know, ones even the bad ones i mean it's, it's, I, i'm not comparing my bad experiences to to uh what some of our veterans have gone through but you know i i told my son uh when he started working here and he, he started branching out going to to find another job 
I said, go work in another restaurant and you're gonna learn something. It might be, you might learn exactly what not to do from that restaurant, but you will have learned what not to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and I work for places where we, I learned a lot of what not to do and other places where I said, wow, that, that's how I'm gonna do things when it's my place. Well, and I can tell you as a veteran, I've seen some bad stuff. Yeah. I'll sit there and watch bad, bad things happen. I've been scared. I, and I haven't had it as bad as the next guy. And, and one thing about our entire community is that we know when you start comparing stuff, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, when you're young, everybody's comparing. You know, like, I'll give you a great example. It's the guy with the jump wings on. Walks in, man, he's done his five jumps. He's got his jump wings. And then there's the jump master. And it's like, well, you ain't a jump master. And, and on and on. And then the astronaut walks into the room. <laughs> what have y'all done? <laughs> you know, like, it, comparing stuff, it, right. it does have a place. It does have purpose. But it's not the ultimate goal. Especially when you look at pain. Pain is pain. Suffering yeah. is suffering. Fear is fear. But courage is always courage. Yep. And, and no matter how much wisdom you have, if you don't have the courage to act on the wisdom that you get, you're going nowhere. And that's why it's so important to say, you know what, I'm going to do something outside the box. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Thousands and thousands of restaurants fail every year. I mean, to the point yeah. where like it's you're in one of the most risky businesses going. Yeah. And, and you kind of the mad scientist here with this, you know, like it's not a normal restaurant. Your no. food, I mean, duck confit. Uh, right. You know, I, that, when I watched you make that sandwich, uh -huh. of course I, I shot a video, folks. I'm not done working on it. I, I got the B footage and all that to put in there. And, and we did, we set up, we did yeah. a five camera shot. It was the first time I'd ever like mic'd anything up. I got a wireless one of these. Matt was all hooked up, and and we did this real cool. And you made this sandwich that I couldn't even probably am not pronouncing correctly now. And I ate one the other day. It's uh -huh. incredible. Like who knew that? You know, and ducks are such beautiful little animals. <laughs> they are, and delicious. And they tasted delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so blown away. Here I am eating. A duck, and um, it was, you know, I've often been compared to a duck. I look calm on the outside, but underneath I'm paddling like mad. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, you know, when I'm starting a wig out, I don't show what they say. Um, I feel it, that's for sure. But, end, not but, end, when I look at what you've done, it's, it is outside the box, a grabbing courage and saying, I'm going to do where I'm led mm -hmm. by my own creativity, by what God built into me to do. And you're, you're a believer too. Yeah. And so we share, we share a common faith and, um, and, and I love it that you too see that this image of God is in each of us. And there's something special about every single one of us. There's something worth looking at everybody's story and saying, hey, do a little more. Go a little further. Yeah. Try harder. Don't just, don't just make big low tea. Is that, that my saying it right? Because you have big low up there. <laughs> is it? 
Is oh, yeah, yeah. Big Low or Twinnings? We, we've got a selection of those, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got the regular tees, too. Yeah. But and, and those are great tees, but why stop there? Why not do something to honor the people that came before us and lived here before we lived here? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine living in Northwest Florida without air conditioning? <laughs> I don't have to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here a month and the air conditioner hasn't worked the whole time. <laughs> It's, well, it's working. It's just not working. It's not working really well enough. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's you know the 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 duck is another thing. That's a that's a very old technique of preparing the harvest from the from France. You, talk to it. You you cure the duck with salt and spices to draw the moisture out because bacteria loves moisture, and then you cook it in the fat. So that it it cooks more of the moisture out, and then the fat seals it up so that no bacteria can get into it. So it's an old preservation method. I our, didn't know that. Our ancestors were brilliant. They were able to to harvest ducks and keep them edible for months. And now, if if we didn't have a refrigerator, yeah, well, we wouldn't know what to do. But that. There's so much about you know the people that came before us, whether it's the Native Americans in Northwest Florida or the 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 Celts living in France who figured out how to make confit using probably just salt and fat uh, early on, and then you know with spice trades, of course, they they can do more. Or the you know the veterans that came before us. Um, you know, my parents, my grand, my grandfather's a World War II vet. Um, uh, you know, the vet church community. You know, th these people all came before us, and you know, it's it's worth it to take their experience and honor it and make something good out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and that's like, I think you know, like Matt, like what we're doing right now is so important. Because we live in this fast-paced society mm -hmm. where there's advertisement coming at you from every angle. Like, I'm advertising for T-Bone Montgomery and the Beach Billies. <laughs> and Cafe American. <laughs> Goodwood Plaza, Baton Rouge. Vet Church. <laughs> and it, like, we're, we're constantly bombarded by these yeah. advertisements. We're constantly bombarded by, you got to get it done in 20 seconds, cut to commercial. Let's edit all the reality. And here we're not doing that. We're telling stories that aren't edited. Yeah. We're doing commercials for folks that we love. Because T-Bone ain't paying me nothing. No. But I love going and seeing him and the Beach Billies play. Cafe Americana? Yeah, Brian hasn't paid me in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when I get to Baton Rouge, I've got to find this guy. Yeah, you do. Um, the whole the last Honky Tonk music series is out of Morgan City, Louisiana down there. Mm -hmm. So I am sure that there's you, people that you I probably know. probably need to go through Baton Rouge to get there. Yeah. And there's, there's well, you can take the, you can go down. I think Southwest. Lance Dubrock lives there somewhere near there somewhere. Um, another great musician. He's got a yeah. great voice. Like probably <laughs> one of the, I like if I could, if I could emulate any one man's voice, it would be Lance Dubrock's. <laughs> He's got a great voice. Another veteran. Yeah. Uh, he did, he did some time in the Navy. Um, we did a vet church interview with him too. Y'all can look back and see that interview. Um, so, so we're talking about 
the sacredness of story. Mm-hmm. And it, I want to get real personal with you for a second, just a second. Okay. You really cared for your family. Like, this is a family business. It is. I mean, I've been here when you weren't here and Melissa was, and when Melissa was here, but uh, however I said that, one of you weren't here. Yeah. One of you is always here. Pretty much, yeah. And and most, like just a few minutes ago, Melissa took off to go do other things, and right. and you stayed behind to humor me and the rest of Bet Church. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to the crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I would have got here earlier, too, because I wanted another sandwich, but there is tomorrow, and There's I've got to come yeah. through here yeah. in the morning to catch my bacon, egg, and... Your belt. belt. No cheese. But <laughs> the, um, so why family? What? You don't go to McDonald's and find family. Yeah. Well, why would you want to work there? Or Burger King. There's not families working in those places. No. What gave you the idea that you could take on McDonald's with your family? Well, you know, it's uh, it could go back to Brian Blackledge. Talk to me. His son worked in the in the restaurant there. Um, you in know, this he, cafe American. In this cafe American, you know, he uh, and 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 so much of the community was like flam- family to him. Because when I came in there, he was introducing me to Brad and Brian Dalby and John Loop and his whole family and they all came in and Suzanne Duplantis who does a great um, uh, I guess she does, I don't know if she has a podcast but she does she has a, a Facebook page called Makeover My Leftovers um, and she worked there and, and all of these people were like family MakeoverMyLeftovers.com somebody looked that up yeah I don't, I don't know if it's a website or it's, it's definitely Facebook but uh um, and she's doing like food world championships and she's on TV in Baton Rouge all the time. Um, and it just but, gave you the idea that like... But, but yeah, that, I mean, he was there with all his family. I said, well, that's the way to run a restaurant. You don't do the corporate gig where this is my job. And I actually worked at a place where, where the, uh, the higher up said, your wife is not allowed to come help you. I understand that in the government... Yeah, well, yeah, unless she's got a security clearance. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but like, I, I remember my wife once worked in a place, and I wasn't welcome to come join her for lunch, and I wanted her to quit immediately. Yeah. She didn't. She stayed She stayed on for a minute or two, but... Yeah, it, it, I mean, that was... It felt horrible. It's like, you know, I don't want a place like that. I want my, you know, and that was when when I was thinking of this, you know, it was like, this is what I'm going to have to do is is open a restaurant, and it's hard. I mean, like you said, it's... It's not easy. Um, yeah, I've seen you put in some strange And I know, uh, <laughs> you know, my wife was uh, was not on board with it, and uh, maybe still isn't. But um, you know, she's she's hung in there with me. But I knew it was the right thing to do for the family. I could have easily gone back to the corporate world. You know, I'd only been out for a couple of years. But Wait. then it was then it was okay. Now I go to work somewhere. Restaurant hours, sixty plus hours a week, away that's from all the you're family. Doing at sixty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'd be doing there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 
Oh, right. as, a, as like a sous as chef a, or something? Yeah, or a, a corporate restaurant manager. Okay. And uh, and, and the kids... There's a place for all that. I'm and, not and, saying they're... Right, right, right. I'm not saying But the, the kids were not welcome, and the wife was not welcome, and, you know, if they... If they did come by, it had to be quick because I, I got to set a good example here, and, and you know, you know, we needed to get busy and, and be productive. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't want that. You know, I wanted a place where where my kids could come and sit and watch TV if they wanted to, or do their homework. My wife could come see me, and and there was nobody that was going to come back and say, um, "Your wife can't come here and visit you because you you're just not productive enough." So. I guess it's just kind of me wanting to be my own boss. See, I love that. I, I loved it that when I, at the old store, when I, your kids were little. Yeah. And I would come in there. First, it was cool because you did something for me that nobody else would have ever done. Like, you sent me all my mom's checks, all my mom's bills. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah, you yeah. Were, like, yep. We did this deal because I, I was, you know, deployed. And um, well, I wasn't just deployed. I was out and about doing things in the army and I couldn't be here all the time. My mom loved your restaurants, her favorite yep. restaurant. Portobello and grilled veggie sandwich. Really? Yep. Cause she, oh, went, yeah. <laughs> cause she went vegan. Oh, then she did too. And that's, she went vegan and especially and when the cancer stuff kicked in, yeah. she was strong on that. And, um, boy, I tell you, you would, you would, you would hold her bill. Yep. We never told her for a long time. She didn't know for the longest time, which I thought was really cool. You were like, that yeah, somebody's got it. And, you know, and I would come in the few t- when I first came, and I saw your kids over there in the corner. Yeah. And um, and I thought to myself, like, you've made your family like extension of my family because my mom loved children. Mm-hmm. She's a teacher for forty-five years, especially she taught reading, uh-huh. especially to people with learning disabilities. And um, that just meant a lot to me, man. Like to see your kids with books sitting over there reading like yeah. hanging out and and I thought to myself wow you know they're they're just hanging out and in, you know, later they had computers and whatever you know I would see that so it's not like you're anti any of that stuff right but it was cool because I felt like this is an extension of a man's home his family mm-hmm. this is how you do family um, we spend more time here than we do at home well it's, in, it, in, it's it is our home we yeah you know, the other day, your daughter was in here drawing, like an incredible, yeah, drawing. You know, we the this place was the other place we kind of dealt with what was there, but this place we designed it, and there are several features where we said this needs to be like this because we spend so much time here. Because this and this is, is going to be comfortable for us. Yeah. What's that, Kate? What's that show we've been watching on TV? Chef's Table. Chef's Table. Do y- any of y'all watch Chef's Table? You got any people that are food? You know what? My my brother-in-law is going to be in town the next couple of days. Hal and Megan, I want them to eat. They, they've traveled around. Like, they've watched the food mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. And they go to places and eat there. We're bringing them down here to eat with you. Okay. That, Chef's Table, it, it's this, the, the video is incredible. It'll probably sound better. You know, I don't have all the greatest of great equipment. And, and it's just me. So, like, you know, me and Kate, we're not... We're not going to spend loads of time making this podcast what it, that could be. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, anybody listening right now, the food here tastes every bit as good as what I imagine when I watch Chef's Table 
Remember that thing I was telling you about the earth? And you were like, oh, I know right what you're talking about. Like the guy went out on the oh, chef's yeah, table yeah, yeah. and he, he took dirt, soil from the ground and infused it into the... That's who you remind me of a little bit. <laughs> like you're, you're always like, I'm going to do something. But you get a lot more food here. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, it's not... The and I don't use dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have any pictures. Y'all yeah. saw that picture on my Facebook page where like there's a huge sandwich and the beignets are like... Like in the chef's table, you know, it's a yeah. little dollop of, uh, oh, here's your ice cream. No, 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 this, this is I'm real food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself when I'm watching that show, it's some of the best photography I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's well oh, yeah. put together, and I can only imagine how good that stuff tastes, because these guys got the stars. What's all that about? Michelin stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's What is that? that I'm not exactly sure. I, I think it's black magic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it may be uh, aliens. It's it, there, there's a. I'm not sure how you get Michelin stars, and I even looked it up because I was watching Chef's Table, or it was a, a similar show. Um, and I said, "So how do you get a Michelin star? Do you like solicit for it?" And and apparently there's like these anonymous people that go around, and nobody knows who they are. And, and they just go to your place and then they magically say, okay, you're a two Michelin star restaurant. Right. If, if, if one of them ever walks through those doors right there. You would never know it. You'd never know it, but you're getting a star. Because I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've eaten food all yeah. over the world. Uh-huh. I really have. Well, I haven't been to China, but my wife has. And so you put the two of us together. We're still lacking in the Orient. And we haven't been to Australia. Give us that break. Put all the other places together. This food. It's good, man. Like it's it's like like I'm, I'm really sorry we didn't get here in time to eat today. Because like I had stuff going on, you know, and um and, and I had a phone call that I had to take, and we had to, I forgot my batteries for the Zoom thing to record the voice for the podcast. And it's okay, because my yeah. stomach's going to be waiting for tomorrow morning when I have to go through <laughs> here, because i got to pass right by, so I'm stopping yeah. for breakfast. And it is. It's not, just, it's not just like I need something to eat. Like, earlier today, I needed something to eat. So I came in the house, I made a sandwich in about, what, 38 seconds? Threw the stuff together, slammed it all on you. Yeah. Ate it and went to sleep because I need. I've, I've got. I'm finding this pneumonia stuff, so I just needed food. That's never how I feel when I eat here. When I eat here, I feel like when I was a kid, I used to dream of going to Disney World, and I would think about it for days and days and days. And then after I went to Disney World, I think about it for days and days and days. That's what it's like coming to Cafe Bienville. <laughs> it's like going to Disney World. Okay. Well, you know. I'm going to make that a hashtag. <laughs> it's like going to Disney World. It's like World. going to Disney World. <laughs> it is. It, <laughs> it's so good. Um, you know, like, oh my goodness. This is it. Thank you for joining us for part one of this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.